0: From St. Louis Public Radio, this is Politically Speaking. A listener note before we get started. This podcast was recorded Tuesday afternoon before the news of former Missouri Director of Health and Senior Services Don Kareff's resignation. The 2022 Missouri legislative session has crossed the month mark without a lot to show for it. Redistricting and an emergency supplemental budget are still on the to-do list, and this week the Senate effectively killed the appointment of the state's health director, Don Cariff. On this episode of Politically Speaking, I talk with Senate Majority Leader Kayla Rowden about how a session has progressed, redistricting, and why the Senate decided to not approve of Governor Mike Parsons' pick for health director. Let's hit the music. This is the Politically Speaking Podcast, the definitive show about Missouri politics. We have to talk about things that matter to
1: people. I've tried to bring that same aggressive iconoclast style with me to uh, the United States Senate.
0: I think my district is a model for the state. We put Missourians first. You just kind of have to find the common ground with people. I believe that this district deserves someone who represents their values. After I came back to St. Louis, I started thinking that I could have a bigger role on the change that I wanted to make. Welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, State House and Politics reporter Sarah Kellogg. And today, joining me in the office in Jefferson City, he is a senator for the 19th, which includes Boone and Cooper County. Caleb Rowden. hi, Senator. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. Good to be here.
0: Glad you're able to join us in our little attic office. Yeah, And, that's right. <laughs> and have a, on, a, on a kind of a Friday hey, in a while. Well,
1: it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a Friday. Yeah, we're good enough.
0: We're recording this on a Tuesday, but you know, <laughs> with the weather coming, we uh, we're gonna sessions not meeting Wednesday, Thursday, so it's we get a nice. Long weekend, Long weekend but, uh, yep. but also not. So um, let's just get started with questions. We have a lot to talk about. So let me just start with what is your opinion on how session has just proceeded so far?
1: Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be uh, a more interesting, unique one because of the fact that redistricting was up front. Um, we, that's obviously something that doesn't happen often every 10 years. And uh, we weren't under any misconception that it was going to be a particularly smooth process and you know just a lot of diverging opinions on um you know how we how we should go about drawing these maps and so you know we knew that that would cause uh some early fireworks that in most sessions probably don't happen just because you don't have that kind of magnitude of an issue so you know it is what it is uh we'll get done with that presumably next week and um move on to the next thing you know it's uh it's i think from that point on it 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 at least feels and looks a little more normal for whatever normal is now in Jeff City.
0: Yeah, I know when we talked earlier this month, you mentioned redistricting being that larger variable early on. How much of an obstacle has it been? Is it more than you thought it would be?
1: Uh, you know, I don't know that it's been any way, way different than we thought. We, we you know, the House took a, a little more uh, front-end approach of having the committee hearings and, and some public hearings and public testimony that, that we obviously paid close attention to uh, and kind of piggybacked off of, you know, what we heard from uh, some of those hearings. We're doing more, kind of more, more of our deliberative work after we've gotten it. And so, you know, I think the, um, the the timeline. We still we still have got time uh, if we're going to get this thing done before filing would start. That presumes that you know we get some help on an emergency clause or get you know some sort of court ruling that helps there. But um, you know, I, I think it's l- largely been what I expected. Um, I, I prepared for the worst, and and maybe it's just been a slightly better. So.
0: <laughs> and how are negotiations going with the map so far?
1: Yeah, they're okay. Uh, we you know we still have. Uh, you know, we have some folks who aren't happy. We have some folks from both sides of, uh, of the aisle that aren't happy. Um, you know, this issue is unique in that um, compromise, you know, if it's a uh, if it's a different policy, tort reform or something else, compromise in that scenario means you just usually take something out or you um, tweak something, um, you know, change the language, whereas, in the redistricting process, if you if you change something, if you compromise, um, which I'm not against in this case, but when you do, it creates these other dominoes around the state, and so you know it's not out of the realm of possibility that a change in St. Louis or St. Charles, if it's big enough, impacts something that's happening in Branson or you know down in Southwest Missouri. So it just makes it harder, right? It, it's um, uh, it's 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 harder to get enough people to understand a change and sign off on a change than it normally is and so that you know that creates just a, a, an obstacle but it's not obviously insurmountable and like i said at some point we'll we'll get this thing done
0: yeah and i've asked you this before a little bit it seems like are a lot of the negotiations kind of happening with the second and the third district versus like the idea of a 7-1 map it's really more tweaking yeah you know, I, st louis I, county I, districts
1: yeah we, i mean you know we had caucus in in november and talked about 7-1 there's a lot of people who have concerns about 7-1 because uh, you know, from a partisan perspective, which this isn't entirely about that, but uh, you know, people who are looking at it from that perspective, a seven-one map in a in a bad cycle is four-four. Um, you know, potentially, and so you you uh, you have to understand those variables. And so, yeah, we that there weren't there wasn't a lot of support, and we felt that from the beginning for the idea of um, you know pushing for that seven-one. So so we where we landed was this six-two that. Um, we thought uh, made as few people upset as possible, uh, which in this, in this instance is, is a part of the process, uh, but, but still I think is very reflective of um, the state, how the state has changed, the demographic trends. You know, I said it, I think, in a press conference a few weeks ago. Part of this isn't just saying, well, Missouri's really, really Republican, which for the moment it absolutely is, but saying, you know, uh, St. Louis County is trending blue while Jefferson County and Franklin County are trending red, Um, and uh, accounting for that and how we draw these districts, you know, that's the, that's kind of the nerdy part of this, but it's, it is actually functionally what we're supposed to be doing. So, uh, all that's a part of the discussion.
0: So, and you've mentioned not being super worried about an emergency clause. Can you elaborate on a little bit?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'd certainly love to have it. Uh, you know, it didn't come out of the house, uh, and it was what, 15, 14, 15 votes short over there. Um, it is certainly the cleanest way to do this in the time frame that is that, that we have. Um, I, I do think there are other ways the court could intervene, potentially if someone, uh, you know, hypothetically a, 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 a congressional candidate said, hey, um, I, I, we need some relief from the court because we don't know where to file. Uh, we could change the primary date. Um, you know, th- there are some options out there. Obviously, if we could get an emergency clause, it still is the best case scenario um, because otherwise you have a... August 2nd primary for a map that doesn't go into effect until August 28th or August, whenever the primary is this year. So um, we're we're still talking about that. It seems unlikely, but I guess probably not completely impossible at this point.
0: So I went into this week thinking that kind of probably the biggest obstacle was going to be redistricting. Um, That wasn't the case. The (laughs) obstacle appears to be the appointment or really non-appointment of Don Keroff as Director of Health and Senior Services. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on how that went?
1: Um, you know it was uh we i think in the last probably beginning the middle part of last week, you know really started to hear um a, a lot of vocal opposition um to to uh the director and I think it just started uh Senator Schatz and I- th- thinking about kind of where we were going what where where the obstacles were, were we sure that this guy was? Um, going to be able to get across the finish line. Um, and so we started having some discussions with, um, you know, folks all, all over the spectrum, you know, in the Senate. Um, and, and, you know, there, there was uh, quite a bit of opposition. Uh, I think some of it was, um, uh, you know, some of the stuff that was said about him, I think, was frankly ridiculous. Um, uh, but I, I do think there were some legitimate concerns kind of mixed in with Um, you know, some of the things that that were discussed in the hearing and and maybe less so on the floor today. But, um, you know, from our from my perspective and we we we, I think if we were going to be here all four days this week, so we were up against a time crunch. He's got to be done by Thursday. Um, If we're here all four days, you know, maybe it's different. Um, But, uh, you know, we we were not convinced we had the votes to pass him either out of committee or uh, off of the floor, and so um, you know, in the interest of getting our folks home and and safely, you know, in front of the snow snowstorm, and and you know, trying to just um, kind of keep our focus on the main things uh, for the moment, we made the decision to to uh, not take any action on him, and and so um, you know, I, I never want to. Uh, it's a it's a tough situation because you know the, the guy moved from Illinois, and I, I don't know where if his wife has moved or not yet, but. Um, you know that's tough, and and I think you can, we'll we'll get on the backside of it, and um, you know kind of figure out what what we did right and what we did wrong. Uh, but I do think the weather was a, a, a very very big part of that decision, and just not not being here for the last two days was was pretty hurtful for that process. But you know we we need uh, we need a department director. Obviously, that's an important role given um the the world that we're currently living in and I know I, I don't actually think they have a de- deputy director either at the moment so um, you know i, I I'll, we'll do whatever we can to help uh, and you know the governor I, I assume will move fairly quickly on something else if he if he uh, decides to go that route so we'll see
0: and kind of you know this is a very broad question but kind of what happened. you know were, were the votes there if you had really tried to push it through you know what worries were you hearing from senators
1: yeah I, it was a little bit of everything um it, not not every not every senator's opposition was the same uh you know as far as previous comments uh, previous public statements that he had made you know uh, some some concern for uh you know potential positions that he had or, or had held at, at one point you know I, I think the notion that the guy came from Illinois and so he's a um, crazy liberal is crazy. I, I don't I think people can <laughs> plenty of conservative folks that live in liberal states. Um, but, you know, again, it came down to do we have the votes and do we have the ability to get him done in a, a, a tremendously shortened week? And, and the answer at, at some point became pretty clear that that uh, the answer probably to both of those questions was no.
0: This appears to be kind of a complete win for the conservative caucus. Did they make any compromises? Were there any concessions
1: held? No, I mean I think the well, a couple of things. One, the 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 only opposition wasn't from just from that group, right? So I think that's one thing that um, was a little uh, different than than maybe in some of these other instances. And and frankly, was a moment I think where Senator Schatz and I started trying to kind of run this down to make sure how how much opposition there really was. Um, you know, I, it's. I, I, I try not to get in the mindset, other people do, and I get caught in the middle of it, in mindset of, you know, who's getting the win and who's not. Um, at the end of the day, there were folks in, on, on both sides of the Republican um, caucus that just weren't comfortable with moving ahead. So that's, that's the position we took.
0: We need to take a quick break, but we'll be right back. And we're back on politically speaking. I'm Sarah Kellogg. Joining me is Senator Caleb Rowden, who serves the nineteenth district, which includes both Boone and Cooper County. So you know, have you heard from the governor on this? I know just yesterday he issued a pretty strong statement of support. Have you heard from him?
1: Yeah, we I mean we talked to his staff numerous times this morning and and, you know, wanted to make them aware of again there's there's never any intent from um, at least from my perspective to embarrass anybody to, to, to make this any more than it than it needs to be. Um, so we talked with the staff, told them hey we have we've got concerns, we're not sure we can make this happen And then when we made the decision this morning to, to um, cancel tomorrow on Thursday that that became pretty clear. So again, it's it, for me it's not it's never a matter of I don't care how. What, what my position is on anybody's feelings on anything. Um, you know, I think that advice and consent process, and, and it is normally a, a rubber stamp, but I, I think we in the Senate um, sometimes overlook the responsibility and the power that comes from that. You know, I hope we never use it as a, um, a, as a tool to, to leverage things or anything else, but, you know, I, I do think there was legitimate oppositions here, so I, I think that rises to a different level as far as uh, what we're willing to do
0: with the next health director, you know, kind of what are some of those lines that you think can't be crossed? I know Karoff, you know, he wasn't for mandates. He mm-hmm. said that repeatedly. He talked about, you know, the efficiency of the vaccine and the efficiency of masks, but would never, you know, but he wasn't for mandates. I'm yeah. curious as to would a future health director that still kind of support vaccines do you think that would be met with similar opposition
1: yeah i don't i don't know that that was entirely it like i said i think there was other there were other things out there uh, uh, and, and i won't speak for every individual senator but there were other statements other you know kind of associations uh, that that he had with folks uh, and with with uh things that were happening in illinois during his time in in um in uh, office over there um you know, I, I do think it presents a uh, an interesting question for us uh, as we move forward and pr- presumably find, uh, you know, another potential director in front of us at some point. You know, I, I do think we, we need to be careful about um, there there's there is a difference between, from my perspective, you know, uh, uh, an individual's personal opinions on any number of things, uh, but also being uh, mindful of and being honest about the context in which those people serve. Um, you know, so so uh, or anybody else who's in that role um, may, may have a certain position on X, but is going to be bound by um, the laws that we pass, the regulations that are before him, etc. Um, you know, I, I think we need to be I think all I would say for now without without knowing too much about who's coming next is um, we, we should make these things less political and not more political. Um, it doesn't mean that we don't ask tough questions. It doesn't mean that we don't take the advice and consent process seriously. Um, but I just think we have to be mindful about um, saying you, you we are going to only advise and consent to people who look and sound and agree with everything i have to say or we're not going to go down that road that's a that's a dangerous slope i'm not necessarily saying that happened here um, but i do think we need to be careful in that uh, going down that road
0: so we're about to hit the month mark um, as far as session going on are you where you want to be progress wise
1: uh, sure uh, yeah i mean we knew it was going to be slow um and, and and frankly you know the the, the we didn't necessarily expect to have redistricting done yet at the, at this point, you know, we thought there was a chance, uh, and the house clearly moved it fairly quickly, but they get to move stuff, uh, a little bit quicker just by nature of the process over there. So, um, you know, I, I would assume next week you're, you're, obviously we're going to do redistricting. Um, we'll do some other stuff as well. I mean, I really think next week be, begins the process of feeling a little bit more like normal. Um, it, 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 we always the Senate always starts slow i i when i first became majority leader i thought i'm going to be the guy that fixes this and it's it, it's functionally not possible most times um you know and 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 the house is passing some stuff over you know i know they passed the the, the ag omnibus and i think they're potentially going to do some election stuff next week you know i think that's that's helpful for us i i i don't usually buy into the mindset of like we're not going to pick up house bills until the House picks up Senate bills uh so I, I just want to get good stuff done and and I think we got plenty of time to do that,
0: yeah, so the beginning of the year, you know you said you were really optimistic for the session are you are you still optimistic
1: yeah I am uh i I think we uh this process was always gonna be what it was. I do think the supplemental process is gonna be um a challenge. I don't know exactly what that challenge looks like yet. The house, I don't, I think to date, has not taken action on uh, getting that out of the house. And so we don't know exactly what it's going to look like uh, when it comes over to our side. But that clearly has some potentially contentious uh, items in it. Um, and so that we always knew that those two things were going to take up a fair amount of bandwidth uh, early. But, you know, I still think we have plenty of time to. Um, you know, get some stuff done in the education realm, to get some stuff done, uh, you know, in the election reform realm, get some stuff done in tax tax reform realm. All those things are still out there. They're still possible. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think we I think we have plenty of bandwidth to, to move ahead.
0: All right. So my last question is, you know, the state of the Senate itself, at times it appears to go to a standstill, other times it seems <laughs> to move. Kind of what are those relationships like? Are they better than they were at the beginning of session? Uh,
1: you know, I think they're... Uh, they are what they are in any given day right i mean i think the 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 senators who uh are the most successful are the ones who uh, um understand and can uh, act out a, a scenario where they just don't take this stuff personally they don't take this the, the, the these the, these moments that we have where we're in conflict on any any given number of policy things uh, that that is what it is and it's always going to be that way and so um i I hope I, I think when when the Senate is in a place that is not good is when there are a bunch of people uh who are in that kind of in that headspace of just everything everybody's out to get me this is personal there's this. Um, you know, kind of victim mentality. um, uh, And, and, you know, that happens, right? There are days where um, people have bad days in the Senate. That's the way that it is. I have plenty of them. Um, And so, uh, you know, I hope we can just kind of get beyond that. Um, Every day is a different day. Every policy is a different policy. It is very rare that um, the same coalition that exists on redistricting will not be the same coalition that exists on supplemental budget and will not be the same coalition that exists on education or uh, ag uh, omnibus whatever comes next after that and so you know what the people who succeed recognize that you know i just want to be as part of as many successful coalitions as possible and so that if that's the thing then you're going to be successful you're going to get some stuff done
0: Right. Well, thank you so much, Senator Rowden, for joining us on the show. Politically speaking, is a product of St. Louis Public Radio, which is a part of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. You can follow me on Twitter at Sarah K Kellogg. That's two Ls, two Gs. Senator Rowden, where can people find you on the internet where you want to
1: be found? Can I say nowhere? No, I'm just joking. Uh, My my, my Twitter is at Caleb Rowden. My Facebook is at Caleb Rowden. My website is CalebRowden.com.
0: All right. Until next time. So long.